L-A-S. The LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. Hey, Logan. How's it going? Hey, Brian. Why do you look so sad? I'm just sad because I, well, I found out that there's no local fantasy football podcast for the Cedar Rapids and Iowa City Corridor. Well, Logan, you know what? Let's change that. How? Well, we can make a podcast about fantasy football locally. Let's do it. We'll call it Playoff Bound Fantasy Football. Yeah. I'm Brian. And I'm Logan. And we got a new podcast all about fantasy football that you should listen to. It's called Playoff Bound Fantasy Football, and it's going to be the premier place to hang out every single week and talk fantasy football locally right here in the Cedar Rapids and Iowa City Corridor. Every week we're going to come to you with news around the league and give you advice about your starters. There's a bazillion fantasy football podcasts out there, right? Why listen to ours? This is going to be a place for us to hang out, share stories, insights, advice, laughter, suffer through losses together. It's going to be your fantasy football community. That's what we want to create. Do you have a player that just got injured? We'll tell you if you should drop them or not. Do you have a player that somebody's trying to trade for maybe we'll answer an email or two and tell you if you should trade them or not did you get really angry this past sunday and throw your phone out a window that's on you <laughs> you, you messed up yeah all right calm down so if you want to hear strategies and laugh with us come listen it's going to be a great time but here's what i really want you to know playoff bound fantasy football is produced and distributed by the las podcast network right here in cedar rapids iowa for more information visit laspodcastnetwork.com New episodes release every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For bonus episodes of this show, ad-free versions of all LAS podcasts, and many other exclusive benefits, all while supporting local creators and businesses, consider subscribing to LAS Plus for just $10 a month. To learn more and to get started, visit LASpodcastnetwork.com slash plus. Football season's just around the corner, Logan. I know. Are you excited? I'm so excited. Let's get to the playoffs together. Let's do it. On the count of three. One, two, three, four. What? What? Oh, I thought we were just counting. Nice. L-A-S. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our podcast, A Load of BS. My name is James. With me is Sarah. Sarah, Hello. how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I've got my Dr. Pepper. Awesome. I'm ready. I see that. Very cool. <laughs> this is not sponsored. <laughs> it's not sponsored by Dr. Pepper. No, but we're open. <laughs> right. Not sponsored by <laughs> Dr. Pepper yet. Um, so, yeah, we've got a great episode for you today, guys. Like I said, this is A Load of BS. We are hosted and produced by LAS Podcast network.com please check them out you can find our podcast there and anywhere that you listen to podcasts speaking of which if you wouldn't mind if you like what you hear today please head over to apple spotify wherever you're listening to this podcast and give us a five-star review really appreciate that yes sarah what are we talking about today we are talking about the characteristics of a great business name and i'm super excited to ask you questions and to get into this topic of conversation um, because there's a lot that goes into naming your business and a lot of things that I think people don't think about. Um, so let's just like 
dive right in. For the um, first characteristic, top characteristic, um, okay, I'll use a story. When I was naming my business, my digital business, originally is Who's Lance Digital Media. Honestly, I think it was the one stroke of genius I had in my life because <laughs> <laughs> I have not been able to think of a name like that. But one of the things that I did like about it was that it was short and mm-hmm. easy to pronounce, which actually happens to be our top characteristic. Yeah, absolutely. So I was hoping you could like expand on that and why it's good to have that. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, a name being short and easy to pronounce, easy to remember, um, is is very important uh, when you when you consider um, like referrals, people talking about you, um, if they're not saying your business name right to other people, it's um, you know it's it's not going to it's just not going to work. They're not going to be able to find you later if they're trying to do a Google search for you and they don't remember how to spell your business name. Oh, huge! Um, Absolutely huge. They're not going to find you. I mean, it, and if people can't remember what your business name is, they're probably not even going to talk about you anyways because they don't want to have that awkward conver- you know conversation where they're like. Oh yeah, I met a guy and he has a really cool business. I forget what it's called. <laughs> it was weird. It was it was Latin. It sounded cool at the time, but I don't remember. You know, so that's I've totally done that too. Yeah, people tell me the weird name of their business, and I'm like, I don't remember what it is, but I think he does this. Right. I think. And that's not going to turn into a, a qualified lead. So, um, you know, and in our in our um, next episode, actually, because we do a, my, a small amount of planning, believe it or not. <laughs> regarding this podcast, we're going to get into some, some specific examples and we will talk about, um, an example of a business that had that exact problem. It was, they had a name that was, um, actually not English. And so nobody ever said it right. Nobody could remember it. So, um, we're going to talk about that. Um, but it's, it's just important. It's important for people to be able to say your business name, to be able to read your business name. Keep in mind that America are, average reading level is about fifth grade, um, which is mm-hmm. sad, but it's something to keep in mind when writing content and, and coming up with business names and things like that. So it's very important. Absolutely. Oh, and just to clue you guys in to let you guys know, um, there are actually eight characteristics that we're going to go over today. I'm going to kind of shoot them off and James is going to expand on them a bit. So that's how this episode is going to break down today. Okay. Yep. We, it's we going to be give fun. You guys hope that this is not a never ending list. <laughs> It's going to be fun because I haven't looked at the list yet. So we're, we're going to kind of go off the cuff a little bit. We're, this episode is inspired by a white paper from a guy named Fabian Geierhalter from his website, Finian.com. Um, and so we're, we're sort of just going to go through the document and um, see, see how much we agree with, with old Fabian. Yeah, some of it, I, I mean, I've read through it. Obviously, um, James explained the very little preparation that we do for, <laughs> for our episodes. And some of it I agree with, and some of it I'm like, eh, maybe they're expecting a bit too much perfection here. Mm-hmm. Um, like our next characteristic, which is available domain or trademark. Mm. That, um, that's hard. Yeah, because most businesses, when they start... Um, I mean, some of them, they come up with a cool creative name, but it's been thought of. Yep. Um, and so somebody probably owns the domain or, or what have you, um, or worse, ugh, somebody owns the trademark. <laughs> right. Um, but did you agree or disagree with kind of his paragraph here? On, and um, basically, he said the obstacles were that basically the domain could be on auction or a very pricey or not available. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially now. I mean... The internet's been around for a long time. 
Since Al Gore. Since Al Gore invented it. (laughs) Yes. Uh, (laughs) And the dot-com is still king, but it's very hard to to get a dot-com because, first of all, there's a decent chance somebody's already thought of your business name, um, and then they bought a domain. But there's also people who just buy domains and they're not even using them. And like you mentioned, they put them on auction or they're just expensive. Mm-hmm. That There's people who just try to make a living just doing that. They buy domains and then try to sell them for, you know, hundreds, thousands of dollars. Um, I've bought a couple domain names myself. I think the most I've spent on a domain name um, was was like around five or $600, which to some people sounds crazy. But there's, there's domains that have sold for hundreds of thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. right? So... Um, that can be frustrating. If if you are lucky enough to be able to type in your business name, throw a .com after it, and find that that domain is available, you know, kudos to you. But sometimes you have to be creative, um, and sometimes you should be creative anyways. For instance, um, I own a co-working space here in Cedar Rapids, and the business name is The Space Coworking. But that's not my domain name, and it's not because that wasn't available. I don't even remember if it was or not. Um, but I, I approached it from an SEO standpoint. I thought, what are people typing into Google? Nobody's typing in the space co-working there because they haven't heard of me yet. They're typing in co-working space Cedar Rapids to see what options are available. So my domain name is actually Cedar Rapids co-working dot space. Um, and it does, so it doesn't even have my business name in the domain name. But from an SEO standpoint, I feel like it's, it's probably working better than if I had bought the space co-working dot com or something. Right, and it's branded appropriately because it does have. It actually has. It doesn't have the space in it, but it has space in it. That's true. That's just a lucky coincidence that <laughs> it's a co-working space, and it's called the space. Yes, and I think it's because no one. The old name of the co-working space. None of us ever used it. We just all called it the space. Yeah. And so it just seemed a natural progression to change the name to the space. Yep. That's <laughs> that's what we're going to talk about in our next episode. So. If you're interested in, in this naming business, definitely check us out next week as well because we're going to talk about a couple specific examples. Yes, even and this is one thing. So um, we can probably um, either link the white paper that we're using or whatever. Um, what Do you think we could link the white paper that we're using? Yeah, probably. If not, you can find it at Finian, F-I-N-E-N.com. That's his website. Um, um, but it should be in the description on Spotify, Apple, et cetera. Okay, and see, the thing about it is... Um, one of the quotes that he uses is like for your business, like naming your child, you don't want to have to redo it later. There's <laughs> some part of that that I agree with. Mm-hmm. And then there's some part of that that I disagree with because my second child, August, was Royce <laughs> until he was like 30 days before he was born. He was Royce and mm-hmm. then he was August. I just woke up one day and I was like, eh, he's August. That's funny. <laughs> so I kind of <laughs> renamed my kid. But <laughs> but I get, yeah, I definitely get his point. You don't You don't want to have to change your business name. Right. Um, but there are times where it makes sense. Um, you know, sometimes when you, sometimes you decide that you need a rebrand and that might include an actual, a new name for your business. Um, and it might not, there's, there's definitely examples of both. Mm-hmm. Um, Apple, you might remember Apple's logo used to be a little rainbow thing, mm-hmm. the rainbow apple. Now it's just a white apple, but that, they've never changed their actual business name, but some, some Didn't companies. Did it from Macintosh? That I think Macintosh is just the type of computer. It oh. was an, it was an Apple. It was a Macintosh from the company Apple. Oh, I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, absolutely. So so domain names. If you're looking for advice when it comes to domain names, I would say the .dot com is king. If you can get a .dot com, get the .dot com. But there are some other 
a few years ago, they actually released a bunch of new domain names. For instance, I just mentioned mine is a dot space. My other website is a dot design. There's a bunch. I mean, there's a dot WTF. I mean, if you really want to get weird. Um, Whiskey, and, tango, foxtrot. Yep. <laughs> and that depends on your target demographic too. If your target demographic is fairly older people, you want to try really hard to get a dot com because that's all they're familiar with. They don't understand what a dot net is or a dot space org. or a dot org. Yeah. Um, but if your target demographic is younger, then um, it's not going to be as big of a deal for you to get one of these new kind of weirder domain names. Right, right. So you had mentioned, and this is the next characteristic of a great business name, you had mentioned being able to put that name into a search engine and, you know, add a .com at the end of it, and you're lucky enough to find out that it's for sale. Mm -hmm. That's actually called passing the search engine test. Yep, yep. So the, Number three. you went into a bit of the importance of that, but what? go ahead and expand on that. Yeah, I, I just think that, um, you know, I'm always thinking about uh, a Google search. Like every decision I make in my business, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about Google because so many people find me from Google. They're going to Google, whether it's my, my branding business or my co-working space, they're going to Google and they're searching for things like, co-working space Cedar Rapids or web developer Cedar Rapids. And so, um, you know, my first business, I called it Cedar Rapids Web Design. And the domain, that's the, the domain I paid several hundred dollars for was cedarrapidswebdesign.com. Um, that had literally what people were searching for in the domain name and it, and it happened to be my business name. Um, so, yeah, I think, and it, it's not, you know, it's not, the end of the world if your domain name isn't, I don't know, what people are searching for. But I, I think it's just something to consider when you're coming up with a business name, when you're thinking about what domain name to get, it's it's worth at least considering um, you know, search engine optimization. Obviously, not everybody is, you know, is is caring that much. There's business names out there like, like GoDaddy. I mean, what is a GoDaddy? It has nothing to do with it's not, it's not a real word. They made it up. Mm -hmm. Go daddy is two words put together. It's all made up. Um, so it doesn't give you, you know, people aren't Google searching go daddy. They're Google searching. I need a domain name. I need web hosting, whatever. So they, they didn't really care too much about the search engine test, but obviously they're doing very well. So this isn't like a, you have to do this or you won't succeed type thing. Um, but I think if, especially if your business is local, it's worth uh, considering the search engine test. It's not the most important thing, but it can be leveraged. But it's on, yeah, it's on the list for sure. Yeah. So with four, <laughs> as you previously stated, GoDaddy, what's that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it doesn't doesn't really do anything. And, and an important characteristic of um, a business name is that it tells a story. Um, and so GoDaddy, we don't know what the story is. Some, I don't know. Somebody just made up the name and it became synonymous somehow with buying domains, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I was hoping that definitely you could, cause there are names like that. There's names like, what's a Google? Seriously. Now it's a verb. So right. yeah. But like before, what the heck was that? <laughs> yeah. And I'm not sure. This is one of the things that I'm not sure I you know, completely agree with, um, how important it is that your business name tells a story. Um, you know, it's kind of like a logo. A lot of people will try to create their logo and they try to pack so much meaning into the logo that it ends up being meaningless anyways it's and way messy. too busy yeah. and messy. Um, you know, well, I mean, telling a story, 
I don't know how you even tell a story with, with a business name, you know, like I'm not going to call my business. Um, we're a co-working space that started out in the cherry building and then we grew and moved into this other building over by parlor city. Like it's, it, that's not a good business name, yeah. obviously <laughs> trying to, t- <laughs> I love sound bites. trying to tell a story with a one or two word business name is difficult. It's not impossible, but it's just very difficult. And I'm not sure, you know, you and I were talking about, um, off the mic, we were talking about Nike. I asked, what does Nike even mean? And you said it, it's it's like Greek for victory. That's a cool story that nobody knows. Uh, it's either Greek or Roman. <laughs> yeah. The goddess of victory. They don't put it in their marketing. I've never seen a commercial that, that tells me what Nike means. Um, so it technically tells a story. I thought it, it meant Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Nike, Nike's Latin for Michael Jordan. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> uh, it, it's Greek for eat more Wheaties. <laughs> So, yeah, that's, I mean, if you... You, too, can be a Chicago Bull. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the 90s. you got to specify. Yeah, in the no, 90s. I don't want to be a 2021 now. Chicago Bull. Nope. I want to be a 1996 Chicago Bull. I don't. I wasn't that old in 1996. <laughs> oh, man. I was Those quite a days. bit shorter. Hard to imagine. Days, Sarah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, if you can pull it off, if you can, you know... See, if, and I think that it's more important, if I can, just to... Absolutely. To to elicit a question through your business name. So to make somebody ask a question, they become, if they're willing to ask a question about your brand, that shows a level of interactivity. If they're willing to interact with your brand, that shows a level of wanting in some way to possibly become a part of it. And the generation that we are in, the millennial generation and on, we're characterized by wanting to be a part of something. Um, And so like, for me, when I think of brands that make me ask a question, the your whole I love BS, <laughs> like this is a hat that he wears now, folks. <laughs> if he's wearing that hat, how many questions have you got about it so far? <laughs> a decent amount, especially yeah. if they're, you know, 10 feet away and they don't see the tagline underneath that says brand strategy. And they're just looking, especially when I go to church, I get a lot of weird <laughs> <laughs> sideways glances walking around a church with this hat on. Um, <laughs> which was intentional. I mean, I wanted people to look at it and kind of go, what? And, um, you know, maybe spark a conversation. Yeah, definitely. And I cannot tell you, like, in the last couple of years, how many times people would ask me, well, who is Lance? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'd answer facetiously. I'd be like, oh, he's totally out of town. You know? <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but the the fact that the brand name itself or the business name itself elicited a question. Mm-hmm. Well, what is that? What does that do? Your brand name literally is a question. It is. <laughs> Who's so Lance? Was my, so was my logo. I really wanted people to ask questions. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> so I I would say I agree with you in the fact that I don't necessarily think it needs to tell a story as much as the name gives you an opportunity to potentially tell your story. Yes, that's a great way to put it. Um, being intriguing Maybe mm-hmm. and maybe that's what he meant when he said tell a story is is your business name should be intriguing. It should someone read your business name and they want to go further. They wanna mm-hmm. ask a question, they wanna look at your website, they want whatever. Mm-hmm. Um they just wanna engage in some way. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of engaging <laughs> I see I You're getting really good at these transitions. No, I like this. my transitions are <laughs> awful. Like, speaking of the next thing we're going to talk about. Speaking of this next thing to move the episode along. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, 
So characteristic number five is that it stands out, and then he's kind of gotten brackets, but not too far from your competitor's product or company names. Um, I'm not sure if I agree with, but not too far. Mm-hmm. Um, I maybe I see where they're like going with that. Like you don't want to like name your business something that no one can pronounce or something like that, um, because word of mouth is powerful, mm-hmm. but. Um, I, I think the names even that you and I have chosen for our businesses stand apart from, you know, like mm-hmm. other co-working spaces in town, for example, usually have the word office in it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I think standing out is important in, in every aspect of your business. Every time you talk about branding and marketing, it, you know, everyone's always telling you, you got to find a way to stand out. You got to find a way to be different from your competition because if you're not different from your competition, then there's no reason to buy from you versus your competition. And so I just, obviously I think that sort of permeates to every aspect of your business, including the name. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind I think I agree with what you said about his, you know, he, it says stand stands out and then in parentheses, but not too far. I don't know if you can stand out too far. I mean, you look at like, I hate, I feel like I'm a broken record, but you look at Apple what the hell does a fruit have to do with a computer, right? Literally nothing. Their <laughs> business name is Apple, and they make computers and now phones and all sorts of things, the technology. So they they stood out, I think, um, you know, pretty far from their competitors. Their, their competitors were like, you know, Hewlett Packard. What even is that? Was that two guys' last name or something I that they threw so, together? Yeah. And, like, that's their business name. Very creative. Dell. You know, very, yeah, it's a, it's a dude's last name. Like, could we be any less creative? I bet Lenovo is somebody's last name. Like, so, um, Apple's, Apple's, when they named their business stood out a lot. And I think that was perfectly fine. GoDaddy again. I mean, what is, they're just making up words now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) other companies like Bluehost, HostGator, they have the word host in the name because they offer web hosting, not GoDaddy. They just put, two, I think they just did a random word generator, took two words and put them together. Like I, Someone I would, talked to their six-year-old. That's, I've heard that. They were that. like super annoyed. I worked this. there and that was the rumor, especially with their logo because it was a weird little head guy, just yeah. like a head with the weird hair. Um, it was a rumor that it was just some executive's kid drew a picture and they're like, hey, let's make that our logo. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, I think, I think Fabian is right that you're, you know, if your business name can stand out, that's good. I can't think of an example of standing out too far, though. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, okay, so the sixth characteristic is um, expandable. See, I'm not even transitioning now. I'm just <laughs> like, bluntly, this is the <laughs> next thing <laughs> that we're going to talk about. Um, expandable for potential brand extensions. And they use Twitter mm. as a... Um, as an example here saying like the Twitter sphere or tweets or things mm-hmm. like that. Yep. I think of like all the names we give to fan fan bases out there. So like, you know, Taylor Swift's fans or Swifties or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like some of her songs. I'm not, I'm not like full blown Swifty, but I do like some of her music. Mm-hmm. Uh, bronies. For, What's for that? those, that's a dude that's into my little pony. It sounds like, <laughs> A sandwich. I don't think they had bronies in mind when they came up with the name for their show, but. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying that it does sound like a delicious sandwich. Yeah. I mean, and you mentioned earlier Google. Um, it makes you wonder, like, when they came up with the name Google, were they thinking that someday it might be a verb? 
you know, where if they were, they're freaking geniuses. Um, and they absolutely took number six to heart. My guess is that was just a lucky accident. Yeah. Well, and I mean, when you've got 80% or 85% of the search market, like 85% of searches go through your search engine, you can be a verb. That's fine. (laughs) It's yeah. It's a good thing that they, that their name just sounds good that way to say, you know, just Google it. Well, because do you know the original name of Google was, I think it was Backrub. Oh my gosh. So what would you really say? Backrub just it. Backrub yeah, it? just go Backrub it. <laughs> Gross. Um, <laughs> that's funny. I know, like, I'm trying to remember, like, I'm old enough that I should remember when Google, uh, like, was invented. It's hard for me to to imagine pre-Google life, but I do remember the most popular search engine, I believe, before Google came in and took over was called Ask Jeeves. Oh my gosh, totally. And if you ask me, that's a really cool name for a search engine. Because yeah. it's like telling you, it's like all these, all the things on the list. It stands out. It's weird. You remember it. It Their logo is a little butler, you know, Jeeves. It, I and want it, a Jeeves. It told a story. It's what you're doing. You're going and you're, you, you imagine that you're asking your question in the little search engine thing and that there's a dude named Jeeves on the other end of the computer, like sending you your answers back. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. it was just a cool, it was just a cool search engine and I used it a lot. And then somehow Google came in and, um, askjeeves.com still exists. It's just ask.com ask. now. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, obviously, like you said, Google is completely dominant and, um, it's just the, the way, I, the way that it just turned into a verb like that yeah. is just so, it's so good for them. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the best branding. <laughs> just Google it. How many people there, how many old people you tell them to Google it and they go to the computer and they're actually searching in Bing. And then, cause Google just basically means search now. Yeah. Like it, it, yep. it doesn't True. matter what it's like Kleenex, you know, it could be a mm-hmm. Walmart brand tissue, but you're still calling it a Kleenex. Or like Coke in the South. Yep. Instead of soda. Well, yeah, pop. I think Twitter's a good example. Cause like he said, you know, the brand name is Twitter, but then um, the act of using Twitter is called a tweet. I mean, they, you know, the Twitter sphere, um, those I don't I don't know how much of all that they you know they planned um, ahead there's, of time. There's part of me that thinks that yes, there's it's good for a potential brand to have the extensions, and then there's part of me that thinks with personal brands it's a bit corny mm. and a bit egotistical. <laughs> yeah, and so you have like you, you're gonna name your followers like I'm like, geez, they're <laughs> like look at this is the small kingdom of 400 people that I operate. Yeah. Um, and there, it's like, well, I have, you know, however many thousands of people following me on such and such thing. And I'm like, well, only 1% of your followers are actually seeing <laughs> right. what's going on. So, so, so it's that I can see both sides where I'm like, Ugh, that just caters to ego yep. <laughs> somewhat in the personal brand setting. But for a business brand, I think that is amazing. Yeah. Okay, speaking of things that are cliche, <laughs> number number seven, Nailed the number it. seven, yeah, things that are super cliche. Um, number seven, um, avoid cliches or overused words because I used cliche a lot there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there are plenty in every industry. There are plenty of overused words and phrases. Um, absolutely. Yeah. And in order to not make, I think, your business sound less credible, just parroting what other people are saying or doing in your industry 
without having sampled it yourself or without grounding it in your reality, just just avoid it altogether. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very similar to uh, number five, you know, standing out. If you're just using cliches and overused words, you're not standing out. You're just doing what everybody else is doing. Yeah, and I think what people don't realize is like, hey, when you're naming your business, you're giving people a shorter way to address your brand, to address and identify your brand. So even in the naming, yes, you want to like avoid overused words, but also in practice, like in what you're doing in your business, Mm -hmm. don't just say what everybody else is saying. Mm -hmm. Don't just do what everybody else is doing. And again, that lends itself to number five. So maybe number five and number seven could kind of be. They're similar. Yeah, for sure. Um. And finally, number eight. Oh boy. Culturally friendly. So mm. they're I mean I could see this both ways, I guess. I mm. could see being culturally friendly um in terms of just being a conscientious like person and citizen being a good thing. But I've also seen people not be super culturally friendly um mm. because the culture goes against their beliefs. Yeah. Um and in that way, they stand out. And so, yeah. Yeah. And the hard part is culture changes, too. So, um, you know, you might be culturally friendly now. Mm-hmm. And then 10 years later, not so much. Um, it's like and, shows that haven't aged well. Right. <laughs> MASH is one of those. Oh, man. Have you ever watched old episodes oh, of MASH? Oh, my God. That show. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I don't know if it was the last episode ever, but there was this really dark episode where... Um, the dude had to like strangle a chicken because it was making too much noise and they were going to get caught by the enemy. And then like at the end of the episode, you realized it wasn't a chicken. It was a baby. That, sh- that episode, like I feel like changed me as a person. Oh it was gosh. so dark. Cause that if they, yeah. Um, let's, let's not talk about mesh. That was <laughs> <laughs> bringing me down. Um, Did you want to cut that part out, Alex? <laughs> no, <laughs> especially cause that show is normally so funny and so light. And then right. they threw in that dark episode. Um, but yeah, cult, you know, and and when I hear the phrase culturally friendly, I I kind of hear trendy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure like that. There's nothing wrong with hopping on a trend, but I don't know if it's a good idea that, for you to make your business name well, and this hop is, on a trend. This is another way to make you kind of just like everybody else. Because if everybody is being culturally friendly in their name and in their messaging, You don't stand out from the crowd that way. Mm -hmm. And I understand that's not the only way to do it. But if this if this lines up with your company um, is is more outspoken, Mm -hmm. Um, like if you're more of a civic organization or your beliefs do and and what the message that you're putting out does run counter to Mm -hmm. what's culturally acceptable, then the name should reflect that. Yeah, I think um, for like a micro brand too, um, you know. I just, just this morning um, at an event called Women League Cups, um, a good friend of mine, Maurice Davis, was presenting um, a program that he runs here locally called Empower by GoDaddy. And their whole mission is to empower underserved entrepreneurs to help them be you know, successful. And so their, their brand is called Empower, Empower by GoDaddy. Um, but they have various programs within uh in Empower. And one of them um, is called My Business Matters. And it's the logo. It looks just like the Black Lives Matter, you know, the, the black bar, the white bar, the black bar, and then 
the words, you know, in the black bar are white and the words in the white bar are black, right? Mm-hmm. It looks just like the BLM Black Lives Matter logo. Um, and so he, which is genius because the the people that they serve are predominantly black. So that was sort of a like a micro brand. They, they didn't name their business My Business Matters because that's not always going to be culturally relevant. Mm-hmm. Ten years from now, you know, it might not mean anything to anybody. But right now, just seeing that, that logo of black bar, white bar, black bar, means a lot to a lot of people, especially the people that this particular organization is trying to serve. So that's an example of um, they were being very cult- culturally friendly. Um, they were hopping on a trend. Um, they were using something that, that means something to a lot of people, um, which I think works really great for that specific program within their brand. But I don't think that would have been a great idea to like name a whole new business, My Business Matters, because that might not be relevant 10 years from now. Maybe. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, the the political climate today and and everything that's happened, this is a crazy couple of years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll definitely see. I mean, um, I think definitely the mindset should carry on of black, white, brown, Puerto Rican, Asian, you know, polka dot. Mm-hmm. It, if you're a business person that wants your business to matter, then you do, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you know, we don't discount people because of external characteristics or characteristics that, you know, people want to define us by one thing mm-hmm. that may or may not be part of our definition. Like being full of BS. Yes. I'm more than just BS. Yes, you are. <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's more to James than BS. Um, but yeah, I mean, the message will be culturally relevant, but the micro branding might not be. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's an interesting perspective that you hold too. but yep, definitely. So, um, as we wrap up this episode today, this has been a load of BS <laughs> and we were talking about the characteristics of a great business name. I am Sarah Lysinger. I'm James Welbus. And thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, go on over to wherever you're listening to. Give us a five-star review. We will really appreciate it. Add a comment. Tell us what we should be saying. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. (laughs) Oh, do it. (laughs) Then that's less work we have to do in preparation. Also, if you want to check out some exclusive content, um, check out laspodcastnetwork.com slash plus. We mentioned earlier that this podcast is hosted by LAS Podcast. They do more than just host this podcast. They have a bunch of exclusive content. Um, they have a Patreon. Um, so definitely check out laspodcastnetwork.com slash plus for some exclusive content. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today, guys. And you have just witnessed a load of BS. See you in a couple weeks.